previously on the Discerning Geeks portal. So the creature you're facing is called a lie. Undead creatures formed from shadows, semi-corporeal bodies. Correct. Now what kills shadows best? Light. Go with the light. That makes sense. Magic missile. Yeah, radiant damage. So I'm going to try casting moonbeam. Way to go, Ray. What? I didn't even know necrotic damage was a thing. All right, I'm going to cast aura of vitality around myself. Wow, 18 points of damage. Get off me. That hits. It's been a while, okay? Don't judge me. I'm going to have to move the moonbeam back onto it. It's almost like a creature wearing a, a, a person suit. He knew who he was messing with. We'll keep going after this fella. I'm going to go with chromatic orb. Okay. Dissolves into nothing. You also take 10 damage. Ow! Are you trying to dissolve yourself again? (laughs) I'd like to stress dissolve himself again. (laughs) All right. I'm going to cast charm monster. Flirting with a monster? They go on a Um, couple of dates, get married, have kids, fall deeply in love, live happily ever after. I'm going to turn into a cave bear. 20. Wow. Wow. And that one dissolves two more of these shadowy figures materialize out of the corners. What? One near you, 12. (sighs) Game over, man. Did a cave bear just eat 12? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to cast daylight in the middle of the room. Back, foul beast, back. Back to the depths of shadow of hell where you came from. The power of daylight compels you. All right, so make it brighter. We'll set the schoolroom on fire. I don't know, Doyle. I'm, I'm almost thinking maybe we ought to attack the thing in front of the young Ampanezer. And your present becomes your future. So you can't actually change anything in the future. You have to change it in the past. What? What? Sneak attack. Ooh, natural 20. Wow. Right, that's the one to kill, boys. Okay, yeah, we'll do a searing smite. Okay. 26 damage. The shadow completely evaporates. <sighs> purple book with arcane symbols engraved in gold. I had forgotten this man. He offered to help me when I got older. Was there some price to it, spirit? The schoolroom begins to fade away. A short rest at this point. The fireplace shakes violently. A giant man wrapped in a hunter's leather and a green cloak. You should know by now. I am the spirit of Christmas present. Hold tight now. So you guys all quickly grab hold to this cloak trailing behind this giant. I kick off Dave. And ride with the spirit to the Cratchit's house, taking in the amazing view. You can see the whole town laid before you as you fly over the tall buildings. And now, the conclusion... Panicking, Scrooge cries out in alarm and holds tight to the spirit as you are flung into the night sky and fly over the town. The sight is breathtaking as entire homes look like toys covered in snowflakes. Suddenly, the spirit dives towards the street and the wind and the snow begin to blur your vision. You can barely distinguish Ebenezer crying out ahead of you, his robe, nightcap, and medallion flapping in the wind. You land with a thump and find yourself standing in a snowy street, a familiar street that you left earlier this evening. Before you is the large window to the Cratchit house. The warm glow emanating from its glass pane mark a stark contrast to the dim cold of the street. Why have you brought me here, spirit? Asks an incredulous Scrooge. The spirit does not respond, but merely bends down next to the window and peers inside. With an exaggerated humph, Scrooge draws closer to the glow. As he joins the spirit, the light inside dims, hiding the scene from Scrooge's eyes. What's inside here? The glass has fogged. He demands and rubs his sleeve against the clear window pane. There is a rumbling in the street, and something stirs in the snow. As you turn to look, three large skeletons rise each one laboring to stand under the weight of the pack strapped to its back. As they stand to their full height, snow falls off of them, revealing large black orbs spinning on tops of their packs. You notice flickers of light streaming from the window going to each black orb atop of the skeletons. Roll for initiative. Four. Just really dramatic. Roll for initiative, Todd. 
20. Natural 20 or? No, no, just 20. Natural 20s don't even matter with initiative anyway. 15. And, and before we get too far, what was emanating the light? And where was it coming from? So the light is coming from the window. Um, and it, But it is almost like the streams of light are being gathered by these black orbs that are sitting on packs on the back of these huge skeletons. The skeletons are 16 feet tall, and there are three of them. Oh, okay. So they're like eight times my height. Anacle, that being said, you're up first. Okay, so there's light in the house, and it's coming out, and it's being absorbed by the black orbs, Correct. What color's light? It's just white light from the the fireplace. I was thinking about running inside and just pulling the shade down. (laughs) Nothing to see here. Um... Okay. It's coming from the fireplace. So it's kind of attracting any light coming from, because there are other lights, yeah, other windows that have light. In. Yeah. yeah. And even kind of the moonlight. Yeah. It's, it's just attracting all the light. Okay. So the orbs are somehow absorbing all the light. That's not just specifically Correct. being powered from Bob's Correct. house. Okay. See, that's what I wanted to know. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, Okay, well, then I pull out my bow and I shoot one of the orbs. Give me an attack. Yeah, that doesn't hit. <laughs> an eight. Yeah, an eight misses. Oh, I, I do. I guess I can fire another one. 17. 17 does not hit. Is it? That's okay. all I got. So I need to do a little bit better job of laying out this scene for you. So you guys are in an alley in between two buildings. There is one of these large skeletons we're going to call remorse behind you. In front of you is Bob Cratchit's right, house. Well, hang on. You Sorry. Then where are we? Where are we in relation okay, to the So you guys are in between the two buildings. You're in an alley. There is a remorse behind you. The alley opens up to the road that leads in front of Bob Cratchit's house, which is where... Um, old Ebenezer and the giant Chris, um, spirit of Christmas present. And there is a two more remorses, one to the right and one to the left, also entering in the alley that you guys are in. So you guys are almost kind of in between the three giant skeleton creatures. And they're carrying what looks like giant shovels. They all kind of converge on you. In the middle of this alley. And you said they're large. So if this is an alleyway, are they single files? Um, there's enough room for them to, to come. Because it's a pretty wide, it's, yeah, pretty wide alley. It's a, it's a road. And all three are, are in no, front. There's two in front and one behind. One of them hits you, Anical, with their giant shovel. Five plus four, nine damage. Okay. Ray, you're up. Where's these orbs? What happens? What happened when Dave shot one of he the missed. orbs? You disappoint me, Dave. Here, I'll shoot one of the orbs with my short bow. 20. 11 plus 9, 20. 4 plus 5 piercing. So, yes, once you hit the orb on the back of the skeleton that you we're shooting at the bones and the skeleton just completely fall apart and it turns to dust cool 12 right what you got against this um don't you have like one of those uh things where you like blow and it shoots out a dart a blowgun <laughs> no i think i will try uh produce flame make shit fireball against it against one of the orbs okay Yes. Okay. Ooh. Ten. You're a ten to hit. Is a ten yeah. does not hit. There, there are only two of them now. Correct. Is one of them close to us? Yeah. There's like one in front of you and one directly behind you. They're ready to hit you. The the one that is closest is it within attacking range? Like next turn? Yes. Yeah. I'll use my movement to try to get kind of halfway in between, or 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 actually, is there enough room to where I can get out of the alleyway? Um, I mean, you're small enough. You could, um, try to maneuver around them. It would probably take a, uh, a not get an opportunity attack. I don't want to be sandwiched in between them, 
Well, okay, all right. So I'll put up my hood. That gives me an armor class of 17. And yeah, I will try to, to use my movement to get around him. And if he does an opportunity attack, that's fine. My armor class will be 17. That's okay. not bad. I'll take my chances. Yes. So he does hit 16 damage. But yeah, you're able to, to get past him and uh, after kind of getting clobbered with his shovel. All righty. Back up to Anical. Okay, well, I, I know I know Numbnut's there, like, shattered one of the orbs, and it went poof, so we're going to just keep trying that, I guess. I guess I'll keep trying to use my bow, seeing it's uh, it's there. They're tall. You said 15 feet high, right? Yep, they're tall. You'd have to shoot at them, yep. Let's see, that's... Uh, oh, that might do it. Uh, 21. 21 hits. All right. Roll me some damage. So that's nine points of damage on that fur on that that arrow shot. Yeah, the the orb shatters and the skeleton collapses and turns to dust. Uh, I was shooting the one in front of us, by the way, because okay. I'm heading toward I'm heading toward old Ebenezer and the spear. Okay. Oh wait, I have another attack, so I'll guess I'll turn around and take a pot shot at the one behind okay. us. Uh, that's all. Uh, 14. Okay. The skeleton takes a swipe at you, Ray, with his big giant shovel. Um, you easily duck under the, the attack as it goes over your head, and it's your turn. Cool. Guess we'll roll for some more orbs. So I rolled 12 plus 9. That's 21. That should 21 hit. hits. Awesome. 1d6 plus 4, 5. Actually, no, it's plus five. Five plus five is ten. Ten is enough damage. And the orb pops. That's the last yep. one, right? And the skeleton dissolves and crumbles before you. Oh, I guess I go over to old Ebenezer Scrooge. Just see what they're up to. At which point the spirit looks at you and goes, Put the cane back. Put the cane back by the fireplace. But it's mine. Scrooge backs away from the light of the window, quiet concern carved into his warm face. Spirit, what is wrong with the boy? His health looks poorly. He rubs his old hands together. Terrible thing to have to face the end so soon. Scrooge turns away and searches for the imposing giant, but finds himself alone. Oh great, now he's drunk. Scrooge wanders the street pausing at the square's fountain and its broken angel. You hear a mumble. I always meant to have that fixed. As he walks through his town, Scrooge begins to notice dilapidated buildings in need of repair. Eventually, after some time, he follows Scrooge back to the front gate of his manor. It stands open. The guardhouse seems quiet and empty. But Ebenezer is too deep in thought to notice. He heads inside and climbs the steps to the entry hall. But he is not alone. The despondent Scrooge gasps as he looks up to find a figure cloaked in black. How did you get... Scrooge's words trail off as he notices the bony hand poking out from the robes. The air itself goes silent before the figure as even the wind dies as it draws too close, leaving nothing of life behind. Scrooge gasps. Are you the final spirit? That of Christmas future? The cloaked figure nods wordlessly. Am am I to follow you? Scrooge gulps. The figure nods again, raising its skeletal hand to point beyond Scrooge. Ebenezer turns and looks out over the town and finds it dead. What was once a hamlet nuzzled in the snow has turned into a cold, pitiless grave. Doors lie torn from their frames, and windows are smashed in. The buildings are husks, strewn across the land like skulls, half buried in the snow. Above it all, the perpetually overcast sky is a dull, angry red, as if just beyond the cloud, the sky burns. Scrooge cries, I did not mean for this, just my body aches. I can feel myself growing old, but I didn't want this. 
The spirit turns and leads the way into the manor, now lit with torches that burn a terrible red. One of the pedestals displays a purple book. The words scrawled on its cover seem alive in the hellish light. As you enter the main hall, a tall, thin shape comes floating towards you from the hallway. It steps forward into the light, its face emaciated like there is barely enough skin to cover the bone beneath. Ebenezer gives out a sickening groan as he recognizes his own visage twisted into something wretchedly inhuman. Spirit, he cries out. I am not the man I was. I will not become this monster. He turns to clutch at the spirit, but it's gone. Scrooge's future self floats forward like a lifeless corpse, moving as if puppet-controlled by an evil hand, but then pauses. Its milky eyes turn and seem to search the room with a vision it should not have. Finally, it raises one bony hand and with a sharp motion cuts through the air. You feel something tear within you like a curtain ripped violently from the window and you look up to see the dead eyes of the lich staring right back at you, its lipless mouth cracked into a tedious smile. Roll for initiative. Finally, we get to kill this damn lich. We don't know if that's the damn lich. Dave, is that the damn this lich? This is a Scrooge lich. Well, It's a different damn lich. It's all on you guys. I rolled a three. I rolled a three, too, actually, so... All right, Dwell, uh, it's got, all on you. Yeah, I got a 20. <laughs> there you go, Dwell. Just, just, just pause for a moment. This so, is typically what happens in our D&D games. If I get to go first or Ray gets to go first, we're usually pretty close and Dwell's the last guy. If we both botch our internet our, our initiative, he rolls like natural 20s. It's, it's weird. It's awesome. And, and I actually preferred my roll the first few times. I don't want to go first. Yeah. 12 is a support character, so there's nothing to do if he goes first. So, 8 for me. It is up to you, Todd. Okay, um, I think, uh, yeah, I I mean, I think it kind of has to be. Um, yeah, I'll cast Moonbeam, but I'll do it at 5th level. I'll also okay. move whatever movement it takes to have a little bit of distance between me and the Lich. Yeah, let me set the scene for you guys here. So you are kind of just entered into this landing. Scrooge and the Spirit of Christmas Future are just a couple feet in front of you. Almost on the opposite end of the room is the Lich Scrooge. Lich Scrooge. Um, there are four pedestals set on the four corners of this room. On the one to the far right, you can see a purple book sitting on top of the pedestal. Did you say far right or near right? Far right. We got a booky boy. We got a lichy boy. And is the lich the only creature in the room? It is. I don't even know how to read, so I'm not going near that book. Okay, so I think my movement, if I can stay within range, is going to be to the pedestal to the right, the one near us. Okay. I don't, I don't want to go to the book yet. I kind of, instead of going diagonal to the book, I kind of want to go in an L shape across the room. So I'm going to go to the okay. back corner pedestal first, as long as I can stay within range of the lich. Uh, what is that range? Like, is it is the Lich close enough to where it could engage in combat anytime soon? Oh, yeah. I mean, he could definitely reach all of you within a turn. All right. Since I started Moonbeam, I think I'll use my uh, bonus action to go ahead and Wild Shape also in the page. There. Okay. Oh, my God. A bear just ate a 12 again. I am the bear. Actually, I can't say Oh, my that. gosh. I can still hear his voice. Yeah, I can't say that. I will avenge you. It is. It is the Lich's turn. So, 12, give me a constitution saving throw. Uh-oh. Okay. Eight. Take 
32 necrotic damage as blight washes over your cave bear form. Okay. And the lich kind of hovers above the floor and drifts closer to you guys. And Ray, it's your turn. Okay. So right now the lich is technically focused on Todd. Technically it just cast a spell at Todd, yes. <laughs> awesome. How far away is it? Like 10 feet. Oh, wait a minute. What about uh, moonbeam damage? Oh, yes. Do your moonbeam damage. My bad. Yes. Thank you. So could I leap at the lich and probably hit it with my knife? I mean, you could walk up to it if you want to. But yes, you could leap if you need to. It's just kind of hovering barely above. How much? You said seven? 17. 17. Uh, Would that count save? Yes. Yep. 19 Uh, it saves. So half eight. Okay. Sorry, Andrew. Go ahead. Would that count for my stealth attack? Uh, you would have to like get into a position for a stealth attack. Like you would have to hide and then sneak up on it. You're not in a hidden position. Well, not like here. a stealth attack wouldn't count for my uh, sneak attack. The special damage. No, not at this point because it's oh. not engaged directly with someone. It just gets to spell. Okay, religious vulnerable to fire. or... I've never gone up against a lich. It's undead, but it's a magic user, which makes it dangerous. Yeah. It's a magic user that's used his magic to defeat the death and become immortal. Liches are the remains of great wizards who embrace undeath as a means of preserving themselves. Necromancy. They further their own power at any cost, having no interest in the affairs of the living, except where those affairs interfere with their own. Scheming and insane, they hunger for long forgotten knowledge and the most terrible secrets. Because the shadow of death doesn't hang over them, they can conceive plans that take years, decades, or centuries to come to fruition. A lich is a gaunt and skeletal human with withered flesh stretched tight across its bones. Its eyes succumbed to decay long ago, but points of light burn in the empty sockets. It is often garbed in the mocking remains of fine clothing and jewelry worn and dulled by the passage of time. That's cool. Let's go with chromatic orb fire. Okay. Natural 20. Okay. That should hit. That hit. 18 damage. Not bad. Bonus actions or stealthy. Drink a greater healing potion. 4d4s plus 4. So 10. So I'll bump up my health. I'm done. Anical, your turn. Okay, the only other thing in the room besides the lich is the book, right? You said there were four pedestals and there was a book on it, right? So you've got lich, Ebenezer, you have current Ebenezer, and then there are four pedestals. On one of the, on one of the pedestals, you do see the blue, the purple book. Sorry, my brain just came up with an idea that's really stupid. That's like all your ideas. I'm cheating because I know the story. In this story, the story ends with Ebenezer seeing his dead body. So I attack old Ebenezer, stab him. I don't know if that works, but I'm going to try. <laughs> Just to see what so, happens. So tell me, you so you stab at old Ebe- uh, the, at the Ebenezer? Yeah, at the old Ebenezer. Yeah, your sword goes right through him. Okay, just want to make sure. Damn it. Okay. Destroy the book! And then I... Mm, how close? I don't know how close I am, so I don't know if, if I could have swiped at him and then attacked the lich or not. You could still move forward and attack the lich. Yeah, he's, he's there's about 10 feet between you, but... I probably ought to try to attack the book, but I think I'm the only one that might have a chance of maybe keeping his attention. So I'm going to go into full defensive mode here, and uh, which means my AC goes to 25. Okay. And, uh, I mean, I still got a plus 6 to hit, so it's not too bad. Um, so with the other attack, here we go. Whoops. Uh, no, nah, that probably missed. 16. 16 misses, yeah. Okay. Shields up. <laughs> Shields up. Fully charged, Captain. Ready in phasers. Strangely enough, as your sword passed through old Ebenezer, he does look over at you and is like, where did you guys come from? If, if you don't change your ways... We're all going to die. <laughs> I, 
and it'll be your fault. I, I never, I never, I never dreamed for this. I, 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 this is not what I wanted. Well, that sucks. Yeah, well, you know, when you figure it all out, let us know, because I hope you figure it out pretty soon, because if you don't, you know, just saying. <laughs> Gets right. tackled by, by the way, if you're wondering what the growling is, that's the bear talking. Yeah. <laughs> he ate 12. Right. And it's 12's turn. Do I have to move the moonbeam? Yes, if you want to keep it on him. Yeah, because he moved forward. Destroy the book. Okay. Yeah, I keep the moonbeam on. How far away is the purple book? It is probably about 20 feet. It's about uh, almost eight or nine feet behind the lich, but off to the right. So it's not directly behind him. It's off to the right. Okay. Well, I guess I'm going to run for the okay. book then. Yes. Now, as you get closer to the pedestal, you notice that there are glyphs and carved in and around the pedestal that start to glow when you get closer. Well, then maybe I don't go all the way up to it. I guess I'll get near the purple book, but kind of behind the pedestal, kind of using the pedestal as a little bit of a cover between me and the lich, but I still want to be able to see him because I think I'd still need to be able to see him in order to use the moonbeam. So it's like if I can do partial cover. So as you get just a little bit closer to the book, your feet are frozen in place and cannot move. Oh, oh, <laughs> Okay, I guess I'm done. Man, it's like freaking Scooby Doo. Raggy. Well, it, well, hang on. If I've got a little bit of movement left, can I try to back away, or is it not yeah, even letting me stuck. do that? Okay. I guess I'm done. Right. The lich reaches out his hand for you, Anical, um, but you're able to quickly just kind of dodge out of its way. Ray's turn. Ray's turn. Let me catch up to speed with what happened. Dave did something to Scrooge. Scrooge now knows we're here. He gave him the whole, you have to save us all, blah, blah, blah. Thing. Dwelve went after the book and then got his feet frozen. So now he's stuck. Uh-huh. Dave tried to stab Ebenezer, but his sword just went through him. He's still incorporeal and couldn't re- interact with um, old Scrooge. Uh, then... Since he couldn't do that, he approached the Lich Scrooge um, and attacked him, but missed. Lich Scrooge attacked him and missed. Um, but in his kind of attacking old Ebenezer, Ebenezer at least knows that you guys are there and is talking to you, even though you cannot interact physically with him. So he Correct. knows we're there. Um, yes. Uh, Dwelve went towards the book, but uh, apparently there's something there that's warding and he got stuck to the ground and cannot move um, towards or away from the book. What's the book look like? It's a purple book with some runes and glyphs on the cover of it. Do you guys think that maybe the liches thing? Because don't liches button their like essence to something? Did I not say destroy the book? I thought I said this. How, how many feet away is the book? Uh, 25 feet away from you. I use chromatic orb fire, so it burns the book on the book. The book. Give me an attack roll. That's a one, <laughs> so it's a re-roll. That's 16. So you fire off the chromatic orb, and the glyphs that started to glow when the cave bear, Dwelvrick, approached start glowing and absorb your spell into them. Okay, what if I misty step towards the book? That might be something to try on your next turn. Because you just cast your spell. Is there anything I could do to help Dwarf? I don't think so. I, I'll, I'll just end okay. my turn. Anacle, you're up. I'm talking to Scrooge. I'm like, if you do not... Do, I was like, do you have the book on you? The book that was given to you as a child, do you have it on you? No, that's my book on the pedestal. Right, but in your house, where is it? It was in my bedchamber on the desk. If you do not destroy that book when you return to your bedchamber, um, this is what's going to happen to you. And I have a feeling that it's what's going to happen to us. Doing my first attack on the lich. Uh, 19. Oh, I forgot a very key important piece of information and I do apologize. 
now. Sorry. Now it comes out. Nope. This is just because I meant to say this um, before the lich attacked you. Um, you noticed before he attacked you that the damage that he had sustained mm-hmm. kind of instantly healed at the beginning of his turn. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, sorry. So he's all healed up and it's your turn. But yes, you hit and you hit a 19, 19 hit, 19 hits. Mm-hmm. So we should also be doing a searing strike okay. with that hit. No, wait, not a serious strike. I'm sorry. Which crap? Which strike was it? Branding smite. That's what it is. Yeah, 2d6 radiant damage okay. on top of this. And double the radiant damage. Nice. First, here's the, here's the damage, which is nice. 8 plus 2 is 10. And so, two, four d6s. 25. 25 points Oop. of damage with that one hit. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I can tell him besides just repeating over and over that this can go away if you change. And obviously you have it changed because this shade of the future is still here. So you're, you're saying you don't want this to happen, but yet you're not changing. And I guess I'll do my other attack on the. Give me a watch. persuasion roll. Yeah, that is plus eight. So, uh, so now this is a, a 19. Anything else for your roll, for your turn? Uh, I guess oh, a secondary no, attacker, unless you're telling no, me that the persuasion your, no, roll your... was... That would be 25. That'll hit. hit. Let's see how many of these we got. Three slots. Might as well hit it again. So another branding smite okay. on on him. Come on, another 25 points of damage would be nice. Hey, we're starting out good. 10. 23. I mean, 13. Excuse me. Sorry. I forgot where I was. Uh, 16. Oh, there's a 6. So that's 21. 22. No. 22. So, sorry. Can't count. And another five. So, hey, not bad. 27. That's almost 60 points of damage on him. I don't mind that too much. Even if it is a Lich, who probably, you know, like I said, will heal it all next turn. Nor my luck. Anything else there? No, that's it. I mean, that's all I got. Besides just... <laughs> Change your ways! So, old Ebenezer Scrooge is on his knees just crying. And, he, and you hear him just kind of mumbling under his breath. It's, it's not the book. It's not the book. And you see him clutching in his hand the medallion of his mayorship. And you see, Ah. notice the same medallion on the lich. I was wrong! Destroy the medallion! Get the medallion! And it's 12 turn. Alright, thief. It's, it's time for that pickpocket like a mother. to me to <laughs> steal the medallion off the neck of a mother forking lich? Uh, yeah. Yes, please. I will do my best. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Okay, Dave, am I completely stuck or is there any kind of saving throw um, that might You be? can move, but you're going to be very limited in your movement. It's going to take a, a strength kind of check overcoming, but your strength is high because you're a bear still. And, and do I need to move the moonbeam? Oh, you do not. He's already done a whole lot of damage to my bear. I've only got 10 hit points. So if I don't have to move the moonbeam, I'll leave it where it is. As a bonus action, I'll okay. fall out of wild shape. And then as my action... I'll cast Thorn Whip, but I'm trying Thorn Whip in a very specific way. I'm trying to kind of whip the the medallion, if possible, to see if I can kind of almost lasso it in a way or grab or uh, Indiana Jones attacking style, the medallion yeah, with the yeah. Thorn Whip. And it's also supposed to pull an object 10 feet toward you, which I don't know if I want to do that with the Lich, but uh, if there was... If but you anyway, could at yeah. least distract the Lich, I could probably snatch it. All right, so, yeah, I, okay. I guess I'm just going to try that. All right, so Thorn Whip. It's an attack, so I need to roll for that. Uh, 16. Whip, Thorn Whip whips out, but the Lich knocks it away with your, with his hand. And then I've still got movement, so if I've got, if I can move some, I guess I'll move back to the uh, okay. yeah. pedestal in the back of the room and try to take some cover because... He said the purple book doesn't matter, so and it doesn't help going toward the okay. book, so I'll I'll just take cover. The lich looks over at Ebenezer 
and sees him trembling with this medallion in his hand and begins to rush towards him. Okay, the Lich does that? <laughs> Somebody trip him! Well, I was going to say, you actually get a... Attack of opportunity, I'm standing right yeah, in front of him. you get an attack of opportunity to... to... I cannot believe I'm going to do this. I really can't. Does it look like a hostile or like a... No, he's... he's yeah, it looks like he's attacking, yeah. This is... This, this is going to hurt. I grapple him. Okay. I grab him. I mean, like, I just full-on tackle his ass. I'm like, this is so going to hurt. This is not going to feel good at all. Give me a strength check. Uh, we got 15 plus, uh, I don't know if that's strong, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, it would just be 17. Okay. Yeah, you, you grapple onto him, holding the lich back, buying screwed some time, but unfortunately taking cold damage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I knew it was going to happen. I was like, ow, 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 hurry up! <laughs> hurry the F up! Just seven points of cold damage. Oh, okay. Well, that's not too bad. And casting snaring strike on myself. Everything. Anything I can think of. Let's see. Okay, we got got a snaring strike. We got. <laughs> so I'm an agent. So where's those where's those tentacle thingies? Yeah, I need that too. Yeah. Hey Ray, you're up. Ebenezer is kind of like fling, sort of. No, he's just sitting, kind of on his knees, crying. Um, holding the medallion in his hand. Kind of hear him mumbling under his breath. You know, I I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I can't do this. The lich is tackled by Anacle. Yes. Dwelve is still in the ice, whatever. Dwelve is kind of in the corner um, back towards where you guys started behind the pedestal there because he got out of the frozen stuff. Oh. Oh, did he get it? Oh, okay. Okay, I understand now. This is going to be so stupid. I run over to old Ebenezer Scrooge, and I just grab the medallion. Because doesn't the lich, like, listen to you if you have their medallion? So as you run over to old Ebenezer and try to grab the, the medallion, your hand just goes right through him and through the medallion. Can I get to the lich? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to try and take his medallion while he's distracted by Dave WWE body slamming him. Uh, give me a sleight of hand check. I was born for this. 17, baby. Plus 13, that's 30. So you grab onto his medallion and are slipping it over his, his head. Take six cold. Okay, that's worth it. Five electric damage as you're shocked and thrown off of this medallion. Oh, so do I drop the medallion? Yes, because it electrocutes you. Did you get it? I mean, yeah, but it shocked me, so I had to drop it. Well, yeah, there's going to be defensive spells on it. You're just going to take one for the team, like I am. (laughs) Can I pick it up again? Wussy boy. No, you're out of turns. Anacle. Uh, you are grappled with a lich. I am wrestling a lich. <laughs> this this should end well. Wow. Um, Man tackled the lich. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like I'm hanging on. I have to. Well, it says I have to roll the weapon attack. Okay. Even if I am grappling him, of course he has to succeed in a strength check, and liches aren't known for their strength too much, so this might work. Okay. Um. Do I need to roll an attack grappling him or not? Well, are you? I'm trying to cast a snaring strike, in which all the te- which and that's that's an oath of the ancients thing where the the thorny vines appears uh-huh. at the point of impact. Yes, and I know it's going to happen. It, it basically, I have to. We'll have to do one too because it's basically I'm targeting myself with this right. to try to wrap him up. No, yeah, you're good. Go ahead and and yeah, it's going to hit. I mean, okay. Well, then he has to make a strength check, or he gets, or he gets uh, restrained. <laughs> Knowing my luck, I'll end up restrained, and he'll get away. Ooh. He does take one d six damage if he if he fails, and then he has to do a strength check every turn to move. So he does succeed on a strength. And I rolled a natural twenty, so nobody got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nobody got 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 
got snack. Well, then fine then. Um, let's see. What do I have? Ugh. Fine. Seeing I'm touching him. Oh yeah, uh, I'm just gonna pump all every healing lay on hands hit point I have into him, <laughs> okay. which should be forty. All right. Yeah, he screams out. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't going anywhere, bitch. <laughs> and how much cold damage do I take? Because I haven't let go of him yet. Nine. Uh, it might be bad. Five. Oh, okay. Uh, ow! 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 This guy is really cold. Scrooge looks at you guys. Do something, idiot. And he looks down and he takes the medallion. Thank you. And slams it on the ground, shattering it. Yay! About time, bro. Ebenezer stares at the lich and with a sob of regret, he grips the medallion and throws it on the ground, breaking it in half. The lich realizes what is about to happen, hurls himself at Scrooge, but a sudden snap, breaking the medallion, and Scrooge collapses. The lich breaks in half, mirroring the medallion, and the lich's body collides with the hard floor, smoke billows out, pressing back the red light and signaling the end of this future. When the smoke clears, you stand in the dark entry hall of the manor. Pale moonlight streams through the window and rests upon Scrooge's broken body at your feet. The silence is interrupted by footsteps from the far hallway. Oh, time to leave. About that. <laughs> time to leave. Out the window, out the window, out the window. The creature from your first vision steps out of the shadows and stands oh, before you his thinly jaunt face etched in fury you have ruined something decades in the making he whispered with a voice of deepest content I will have to settle for the soul that is due and he takes a step towards the body of Scrooge on the floor Suddenly, the massive front door behind you flies open and a flurry of snow heralds a strong, elderly man with a white beard and mustache. His eyes dance like the snowflakes around him and he holds a small smile in the corner of his lips. The physician's voice echoes through the hallway. This soul is yours by right, for now... But it is my right to grant the redeemed rebirth. The creature seems shocked, but manages to glare at the elderly man. His soul was as black as they come. The elderly man raises a hand to one ear and leans forward. Was? Did he ask forgiveness? Did he wish to change? The creature grows still and fumes as he realizes his mistake. The elderly man merely taps his chin and hums. If only we had someone here who could testify to it. Someone who could bear witness for him. With a smile, he suddenly realizes you're standing there. Oh, how convenient. Perhaps you could settle this. Tell me, what say you? Has, You're not a dwarf, has you? Scrooge been redeemed? Well, probably. Shut up. Oh wait. Well, yeah, I would probably say so, seeing he broke the medallion himself and kept us all alive. Even if I did kind of get freezer burn from a lich. Either way, he sacrificed himself for the greater cause. So. Well, that is true. Because I didn't know the guy was going to die when he did that. Uh, it didn't make sense, but whatever. Is this how you all feel? Yeah. I mean, they are not. Yeah. I would agree. Give the guy a break. Jeez. He's had a bad night. I mean, if I've had a... We've had a bad night. I know he's had a bad night. Let's just put it that way. Man's eyes sparkle. He turns back to the creature with a smile. Well, that's enough for me. The smile vanishes as the elder's eyes harden. And he commands in a voice of complete and other authority now leave a 
sudden gust bellows through the front door, filling the hall. Snow and wind fly towards you, and the elderly man must somehow bend and shift around you, barely ruffling your clothes. The wind does not bend for the creature, however, and his hands turn to claws as he desperately scratches for purchase against the driving gale. His winds dig furrow, fingers dig dig furrows in the stone, but it isn't enough. In a blink, he is flung back into the shadows and gone. The wind continues howling and the snow begins to choke the air. Soon, all you can see or hear is the all-enveloping snowstorm. Then the howling stops. As the blinding white fades, you open your eyes and realize it isn't snow, merely the bright light of a new morning pouring in through the windows. You stand in the entry hall, which looks just as it did when you first stepped foot inside minutes before midnight. You hear a noise coming from upstairs, and you realize that Scrooge is no longer in the room with you. Suddenly, a voice cries out from above, Merry Christmas! There is the sound of feet rushing down the stairs, followed by someone clearly slipping and sliding down the last few steps. There's barely a pause and a quick oof before the step footsteps review resume. Scrooge comes rushing onto the balcony in his robes and nightcap, carrying a jingling box under one arm, his medallion noticeably missing. He stares around his entry hall as if seeing it for the first time. He glances down at you and cries out again. Merry Christmas. Wait, how did you get in here? Um, cable repairman. Oh, who cares? He laughed with a wave. It's Christmas. He rushes down the stairs and takes the coat and the large sack from a closet. I have so much to do and so little time. Tell me, are you available for hire? I'll pay you. You can start with carrying this. He tosses you a jingling box and a sack as you, without a second thought, and throws on his coat. Scrooge takes you on a journey through the town, wishing Merry Christmas to many very confused town folk. What's Christmas? <laughs> I don't know, man. Just play along. Yeah. In okay. no time, he has completed a whirlwind tour of the town. His sack is crammed with gifts and food, and the box of coin is half as heavy as it was at first. Before you know it, you find yourself standing once again outside the Cratchit's house. Thank you for all your help, but I can take it from here. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Here, I wanted to give Tiny Tim his curse <laughs> He throws the sack stuffed to bustling over his shoulder, glances at the box containing the remaining coins from the spending spree, and waves a hand. Oh, just keep it. Uh, thanks. He places his hand on the doorknob and scrunches up his face in an imitation of scowl he used to wear. Oh, wait, he says, his mask replaced by a full and grateful smile. Merry Christmas to you. He puts his false face back on and pushes through the door. You watch through the frosted window as he goes in, muttering under his breath like the crotchety, covetous old sinner he was. But it doesn't last long. Soon, he cannot keep up the charade and starts giving away everything he can. You see him vigorously shake Bob Cratchit's hand and make many promises to him about both his future and his son's health. Soon, you feel a warmth radiate from the window that has nothing to do with the hearth. As you watch, it flows over and through you, and you cannot imagine ever being cold again. With a start, you realize you are not alone. The elderly man is standing beside you, smiling at the scene. You have done a great thing here. Such good is rare and precious. The echo of your deeds will be felt throughout the town, though they will never know it was you. But I will know, and I will remember. The wind blows, the snow flurries, the elderly man is gone, and from inside, a tiny voice says, God bless us, everyone. And all three of you awaken in your grove with a small wooden box by your side. Touch and die. (laughs) That that was weird. (laughs) 
What Sounds like a dream and a what? dream and a dream. Okay, I just have one question for you. Too. What is Christmas? I don't know, man. I, okay. I don't know. We're just playing along. Okay. Okay, so you guys were there too. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Okay, right. Go ahead. Open it. I open it up. I'll stand over here. (laughs) Inside are three coins. The first is ancient with blemishes and is mostly worn away. The second is a common coin of the day, well worn from use and trade. The final coin is newly minted with tiny ridges along the side, bearing a face and writing you don't recognize. Each coin can be used independently to summon a spirit of Christmas and ask three questions. Ooh, dibs on the future, because that one was creepy. Yeah, we're just going to keep these together, <laughs> all right? And we'll all three decide what we need to do, maybe, when we need to do it. Oh, all right. Okay. Cool. Well, all righty then. Um, you, uh, I don't know. What do you think, Twelve? Was was this so? Did this work or what? I have no idea. Good haul, baby. Did, did what work? Oh, you mean the uh, yeah, the, the whole, ritual? Yeah, the whole ritual thingy. Well, I mean, we got this nice grove. It's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess. Uh, oh, and where are my staff and dwarf statue? And a neat little dwarf and lizard looking person approach you hot hot snake lady hot snake lady approach you <laughs> i remember that snake lady. and say welcome back i mean you got it on with the dragon so this should be no problem for you <laughs> 12 I mean, that is true 12 did get it on with the dragon no Twelve is known in our circle as dragon slayer not for the reason you think <laughs> and with that we end our episode. Merry Christmas! What's Christmas? I don't understand this! Whee!